Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. So this notion of, well, I can't do baby led weaning because someone in my family doesn't agree or the daycare says, nope, we only do purees. There's definitely ways to work around this so that you can safely offer your baby the foods that are developmentally appropriate even when you're facing some of these pushbacks. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. What sort of roadblocks have you encountered since starting Solid Foods? If you've already made the jump into this transition to solid foods with your baby and you've tried some of the simple starter foods, you've no doubt encountered maybe some incidences that you're like, huh, I did not see that one coming or I definitely didn't anticipate that. Or some of you are here and you're learning about baby led weaning before you even get started. And maybe you're trying to kind of forecast where you might get stuck. And I don't know about you. I'm a type A person. I love I tell my husband, he's not a big planner, which is why I normally make the plan. I'm like, I don't care what the plan is. I just need to know what the plan is. Like what it entails is not important to me. I just need to know what it is so I can plan. And so I like to know what roadblocks are. I like to know where I might get stuck so I can plan for it. We were just on a summer road trip. We took our seven kids to Las Vegas. It's supposed to be a five-hour drive from San Diego, but like it's always eight hours because of the bathroom stops and traffic, et cetera. And I'm looking at the map and I'm like, I just want to know where the slowdowns are going to be. So I was thinking about kind of the analogy of the baby led weaning journey is that there are roadblocks. And a lot of times 
a lot of other people are encountering these as well. But sometimes ones pop up that you're like, huh, I didn't really think I was going to struggle with that. So in today's episode, I want to share five surprising feeding setbacks and how you can avoid them. All right, let's get started. Surprising setback number one is gagging. A lot of times, no matter how you decide to start solid foods, be it traditional parent-led spoon feeding, baby-led weaning, some variation or combination of the both, it doesn't matter because you are going to, at some point, be fearful that your baby is going to choke on food. And what's interesting is I teach webinars and we amass all the questions and we're always looking at the data and choking, 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 choking is the number one thing parents think they're scared of. But when they actually sit down and start doing baby-led weaning, they're waiting until their baby is really ready. It's the gagging that really freaks them out. And so one thing that I think is so important as you prepare to help your baby make this transition is to really understand the difference between gagging and choking. That is so important. I always say gagging is a good thing. If there's any mantra to put in your head, it's that gagging is a good thing. Okay, your baby gagging on food is an important, natural, and necessary part of the learning how to eat process. And yet, a lot of parents are like, I can't deal with the gagging. Well, your baby has to learn how to eat. And if your baby is ready to start solid foods, gagging is going to be part of the process. And so what I encourage parents to do is to watch videos of other babies gagging. And it sounds like a weird thing to do, but the rationale behind this is watching videos of other babies eating food and gagging and then recovering on their own it can give you so much confidence in your baby's ability to do the same. Now, since I started my Baby Led Wean Team Instagram account, I started documenting Baby Led Weaning on Instagram back in 2016 and then spun off that account in 2018. One thing I've really been known for are sharing gagging videos. So we used to have kind of a different content calendar than we do now with Instagram prioritizing reels. Unfortunately, we've had to do what Instagram wants, which is six second reels over and over and over. So attention spans have gotten a lot shorter. However, we're still incorporating gagging content. But I used to, every other Wednesday, post a whole montage of gagging videos. And we linked them all up with the hashtag Gus and Hannah gag. Those are my youngest twin babies' names. And I started posting the gagging videos when they were starting solid foods over four years ago. So if you go to the hashtag on Instagram, Gus and Hannah gag, you can see lots of gagging videos there. But also, we recently launched a baby-led weaning YouTube channel. And part of the reason there was because a lot of you guys write and tell us, listen, I'm not on Instagram for whatever reason. And that's awesome. You might choose to learn in a different way. And so I wanted to be able to provide video content to people who are interested in learning from longer than six second reels or TikToks. So long form education is over on YouTube at our slash baby-led weaning channel. And we're working on a lot of gagging content there as well, teaching about the difference between gagging and choking. And I just want to remind you with regard to choking, that babies who start solid foods with a baby-led approach, they are at no higher risk of choking than our babies who are traditionally spoon-fed, provided that the parents are educated about reducing choking risk. And so it is so important that you know basic CPR. I encourage all parents before you start solid foods to take an infant refresher CPR course. I know you took CPR six months ago, but that was, you know, before your baby was born and now you're dealing with a whole other set of fears, not to mention I don't know about you, but I can't remember the particulars of a course I took six months ago. I take online CPR every quarter, this refresher course, and I take a course from a company called Thrive Training Institute. I've had their founder and father, baby led weaning dad. They're just getting ready to start with number three, Brandon Dorkson on the podcast a number of times. And Brandon's online CPR course, it's already really affordable, but I have an affiliate discount code KD10 for an additional $10 off. So I think it takes the course from like $35 down to $25 you can get your CPR skills up to snuff. I'll link to it in the show notes here, um, but it's just bit.ly slash online CPR course. So bit.ly slash online CPR course. And again, that code 
is KD10. Knowing CPR is so important in order to be able to save your child's life if they do choke, but also recognizing that gagging is so different than choking. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So don't be surprised when your baby gags on food and it freaks you out but watching a lot of videos and then knowing what to do if they do choke is so important. Second surprising setback, allergic reactions. I think a lot of times if you did not grow up in a family with food allergies, and that's the vast majority of us because even though food allergies are on the rise, they still only represent a small subset of the population, but you may never have thought about the fact that your baby might have an allergic reaction to food. And All of the updated research and the new guidelines are pointing towards early introduction of allergenic foods as a way to prevent food allergy. And so parents sometimes are so concerned about food allergies that they're actually withholding or not offering the allergenic foods. Well, I'm scared the baby's going to have a reaction when in fact, the only thing that you can do to reduce your baby's risk of food allergy is to offer the allergenic foods early and often. Again, the only thing you have control over, there are factors and risk factors for food allergy that we can control and we can't control. I just finished this whole year long advanced training on pediatric food allergies. And as much information is out there, like the one message that's not getting to parents is about prevention. Again, the only risk factor we have control over as parents and caregivers is offering allergenic foods early and often is the only way we can help reduce food allergy risk. You can't reduce the risk of your baby having severe eczema. You can't reduce the risk factor of babies having egg allergy puts them at higher risk for peanut allergy. You can't reduce the risk factor that someone, a first degree relative already has an existing food allergy. Okay. But the one thing we can have control over is offering these foods early and often. So don't be scared about allergic reactions. Instead, recognize the power that you have as a parent to offer these foods to your baby early and often. And I have tons and tons of resources on how to do that safely. I actually put together a whole allergenic food introduction course that I co-teach with Dr. Ron Sunog. He's a pediatrician and very well known in the infant feeding space as a doctor who is pro-food for preventing food allergies. Our course is at foodallergyclass.com. We teach about each of the different allergenic foods. I show you recipes on how to make the allergenic foods safe for your baby at three different stages from six months of age on. You do not need to buy expensive or gimmicky supplement programs or powders or mix-ins to offer allergenic foods to babies because all this research we have has been done showing the impact of offering foods to babies, not supplements. And you can serve these foods safely to your baby. So don't be scared about allergic reactions. The third surprising feeding setback, the first one is gagging, second one is allergic reaction, is no support from family. 
Okay. And you might be gung ho about wanting to do baby led weaning and you're learning all about it from me and from other credentialed feeding experts that are out there sharing very valuable, reputable, evidence-based information. And yet when it comes time for you to offer those first foods to your baby, someone, an aunt, a mother-in-law, a mom, a nanny, someone in your family space is going to say, well, I spoon fed you and you turned out fine, or that baby's not getting enough. You need to be pushing the spoon in the mouth. And so this feeling of isolation and not having support from your family, it can be very, very frightening to parents because your family has helped you get to this point. For many of you who maybe struggled to get pregnant or infertility or had rough pregnancies or struggled with postpartum depression, you've leaned on your family for support. And when it comes time to start solid foods at six months of age, we hear from parents and caregivers all the time who say, I don't feel like the rest of the family is on board. And so the whole part of creating this community about supporting parents through the baby led weaning journey is to be an extension of your family, but also to help educate your family. And so I want to give you a couple of tips if you're struggling with getting your family on board with baby led weaning. The first one is that if you are listening to this podcast about baby led weaning and you have a baby, my assumption is, is that you are the primary feeder. I don't like using the word feeder because it implies that you're putting food in your baby's mouth, but you are the person responsible for the food that your baby eats. And as a result, you are the one that needs to get comfortable with baby led weaning first. So I'd encourage you to block out all of the noise and really focus on a few safe foods that you safely can prepare for your baby, your baby can safely eat, and make sure you have those foods under your belt before you invite anyone else in your family to observe. And that may be even your husband or partner or the other parent. And I know my own case, doing baby led weaning with six of our seven kids. I struggle with spoon feeding with our oldest. She was a singleton. When she was 18 months, we had quadruplets. And that's when I started doing baby led weaning. But it was messy. It was ugly. I didn't know what I was doing. I was making lots of mistakes. Through a lot of trials and tribulations, we figured it out. And the babies ate 100 foods before they turned one. And I created this 100 First Foods program that has now kind of become a global phenomenon. But I didn't know what I was doing back in the day. And at the same time, when they were 18 months, we went on to have another set of twins. So we had seven kids, three and under. And when I was doing baby led weaning with the twins, I was already teaching baby led weaning full time. And the 100 First Foods program was already up and running. And I was doing the 100 First Foods with our twins, Gus and Hannah. And I remember my husband walking in. It was on buckwheat day. I remember like yesterday. And he was like, are you sure they can eat that? They're going to choke. I'm like, are you sure? Look, look, he's choking. I was like, do you A, even know what I do for a living? And B, if you are not going to be supportive, you don't need to be here. So again, you have your own dynamic with the other parent in your household, but it's okay to be the primary feeder for a while until you get over, especially that hump of the first few days and the weeks. Now, when it comes to grandparents, I've got a couple of good resources for you. Episode 22 is about grandparents, spouses, and partners getting others on board with baby led weaning. And that's a really early episode from almost two years ago at this point. So I share just some strategies and tactics and tips. But we also did another grandparents episode recently in episode 237. And that's where we interviewed two different grandmas, Grandma Terry and Grandma Peggy. And they're going through baby led weaning right now. Kind of two different stories about how they got okay with it. And I think there might be some tips that you may find applicable to your own family as well. And then I do like to share too that my own mom didn't like baby led weaning. My mom is a dietitian as well. She was self-described old school home ec dietitian and she thought it was silly. She's like, I can't believe you have an entire career that teaches people how to just make a baby eat. I'm like, not making them eat, I'm letting them do what they were born to do. But she wasn't on board with baby led weaning at first. And that was hard for me because she wasn't supportive and she thought it was silly. And I always share that eventually, like she came around on baby led weaning. Uh, but I actually interviewed her for a Mother's Day podcast last year. So um, there's an episode called Interviewing My Mom 
how she didn't like BLW at first and why she changed. And I think sometimes just even hearing other people's stories and knowing that you're not alone can help you realize it. Also, at the end of the day, it's your decision how you decide to offer foods to your baby and you can block out other people to some degree who may not be on board with your decision because you reserve the right to offer your baby foods in a manner that is safe and developmentally appropriate for them. All right, fourth surprising feeding setback, daycare. A lot of you guys might be in a situation where you are not the one offering foods all day long, or you have been the one, but now it's time to go back to work and your baby is going to be under the care of a caretaker or daycare, a nanny. And this is a different relationship than family. And when we were planning this episode, Edna is our podcast manager and Caitlin is our dietitian, Lauren is our strategist. And we always kind of chat about episodes and the outline and what we're including. And I said, you know, I feel like family and daycare kind of go hand in hand and those should be one setback. And Caitlin made a good point. Like, no, it's not. The way you talk to your family who's voluntarily helping you versus a childcare provider who, let's be real, that's their job and they're being paid to do it. You use a totally different set of language. And that's absolutely true. So for those of you who are in a situation where your child does go to daycare, I'm always amazed when parents are like, oh, they just don't do baby led weaning. And I've done so much work with daycares and we're doing a lot more work training and credentialing daycare providers to do baby led weaning because sometimes they are the setback in the sense that if the daycare says, I don't do baby led weaning, then the family thinks they can't do baby led weaning. And that's certainly not the case. Back in episode 42, it did kind of a whole debrief on daycares, how to be an advocate for baby led weaning. And I interviewed a home daycare owner who's also a baby led weaning twin mom about some strategies that work and don't work when you're chatting to your daycare providers. But you can check that out at episode 42. So blwpodcast.com slash 42. And there's also a good download linked that's a free feeding guide on that show notes page that tells you the language to use for how to be an advocate at daycare. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But just be prepared that sometimes when daycare says, no, we don't do baby led weaning, what they're really saying is we don't know how to do baby led weaning. And what that means is it may require you to be the one to teach them. If they've never seen Sometimes no, we don't do baby led weaning also means I don't know what it is. I've never seen it. So I'm just going to say no. But if you can request a meeting, if you can show how your baby gets positioned safely in the high chair, the gear that you're using, the food that you're bringing, set it all up and show the baby self-feeding. Seeing really is believing with baby led weaning. And for many families, just getting over that hump and having, you know, most of you have great rapport with your daycare providers or you wouldn't be paying them to watch your kids. And parents think nothing of having really elaborate, you know, like diaper care regimens. I want this diaper cream on this butt cheek and this one on the other. I mean, I know you don't, I'm kind of kidding, but like, then they never think to ask for a special setup for feeding. Like if your child had a medical need and you needed to feed them with the tube feed, you would show them how to do the tube feeding at daycare. What is it? If you have a special request with regard to feeding, and it's different if you're not dealing with a medically fragile child, but it's the same point that you reserve the right as the paying customer and the parent to show what foods you want your baby to eat and not eat. And I often encourage parents, if, especially if the daycare will only do purees, remember purees are a very important texture for your baby to master. It's just not the only texture your baby can eat. And so as a result, you can do purees, but we can honor the self-feeding principles of baby led weaning and still offer 
pureed foods. And that's if we use the preloaded spoon technique. And the preloaded spoon technique is a term. It's coined by Dawn Winkleman. She's a speech language pathologist, feeding therapist. She has been on the podcast numerous times. Back in episode 64, she taught us about how to preload a BLW spoon and showed us as much as you can on a podcast, that self-feeding technique. And you can show that to your daycare provider as well so that they're not putting the spoon in your baby's mouth. Because remember, putting anything in a baby's mouth, including a spoon, can be a choking hazard. So the fourth surprising feeding setback that you might encounter is daycare. The last feeding setback that I'm going to share is running out of ideas of foods to feed your baby. And for years, I've taught a workshop called What Do I Feed My Baby After Avocado, Banana, and Sweet Potato? Because it's not necessarily the question that parents are willing to ask, but like when you ask them, they're just feeding those same three baby-led weaning foods over and over and over. Avocado, banana, sweet potato. And then weeks and months later, the baby still only had three foods, avocado, banana, and sweet potato. Not dissing those foods, but there's no iron in them. They don't represent any challenging textures that babies six months and of age and beyond should be exploring. They are not nutritionally complete and parents get stuck on those simple starter foods. And so Back in 2016, when I created the 100 First Foods approach, I could have never known that a number of years later in 2021 and 2022, we're starting to see this emergence of research that really supports diet diversity. And you're going to be hearing so much more about that term. But research is showing us that diet diversity is the key to helping reduce food allergy risk, to reducing the severity of picky eating, to help us raise independent eaters. And it starts with taking advantage of that flavor window. I call it the honeymoon feeding phase, that period where your baby will like and accept a wide variety of foods and flavors and tastes and textures. And it feels like a lot of pressure on parents sometimes. Oh my gosh, I have to do all these foods. But the point of the 100 First Foods approach is just to set up a blueprint, a systematic approach to introduce your baby to one new food a day. So I teach a five-step feeding framework that I created to help you implement the foods on the 100 First Foods list. There's five different categories. And I show you how to do one food from each category five days a week. It's 20 foods a month. In five months, your baby has eaten 100 foods. And I teach more about my five-step feeding framework and the 100 First Foods approach on my free online workshop. It's called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. If you don't have a copy of my free 100 First Foods list, I give it away to everybody on that workshop. If you want to sign up for this week's workshop times, it's at babyledweaning.co. You can grab a spot. It's a one-hour-long video training. Again, Sometimes it takes a while to teach an entire concept like baby led weeding. As much as I love making six second Instagram reels and TikToks, I love the opportunity to kind of teach you in a more formalized setting, walk you through the research, the history, show you what the food should look like, give you ideas on what the first 10 days and some ideas of foods you can feed, how you do the allergenic foods, what foods not to feed. We do that all in an hour plus a Q&A in case you have any outstanding baby led weaning questions. I'm here for you as a resource on that free training. Again, it's called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. You can sign up at babyledweaning.co and everyone on that free workshop gets a copy of the 100 First Foods list because I never want you to run out of ideas on what foods you can feed your baby next. So head to the show notes for this episode to get all of the other episodes that I mentioned in case any of that is resonating with you and you're like, ooh, I need more tips on how to get grandma on board. Oh, or I need that language for how to talk to daycare or I want that 100 First Foods list so I don't run out of ideas of what foods to feed my baby. It's all in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 243. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time.